ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Wednesday, November 9th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We are here until 6 o'clock. We'll open the text line up this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Our text line this hour is the best way to get a hold of me, but you can also join me on the phone. We keep that going, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We're a couple days closer to Marshall taking on App State. That is coming up on Saturday. We've got the game. Kickoff is set for 3.30. And we, of course, go on the air a few hours early. So you can tune in to our pregame. We're going to be on Thunder Street. It begins at 12.30. We'll do it right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And on our sister station, 93.7, The Dog. Looking forward to it. It's uh, the next to last Thunder Street. So after this, Back at Roosters, and then I've got one more Thunder Street appearance, and then after that, we'll see where the herd possibly goes bowling. So that's what we've got in store for the next few days, few weeks, uh, as we get closer to the end of the football season. Basketball season starting to uh, ramp up. The women are going to be in action, opening up against Purdue on Thursday. Marshall women's volleyball at home tomorrow at 6 o'clock volleyball against Arkansas State. Go out and support the ladies. Go out and support the ladies. Final two matches of the regular season. The Herd 7-19, 1-13 in the Sun Belt. Go support the ladies. Go out and show them some support. And it's, a, it's 80s night on Thursday. Yeah, 80s night on Thursday. How about that? Are you going to go and are you going to wear some 80s attire? So I think that's what they're kind of wanting you to do, show up in 80s attire. I was thinking maybe I had like a, um, maybe I got a jacket vest. Go in some, you know, get some, get some stonewashed jeans, get a jacket vest. I can rock the Back to the Future look. I mean, that's what I'm thinking here. That's, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I can I could rock the Back to the Future look. Because I really don't have anything in my wardrobe left over from the 80s. So if you're going to volleyball, it's 80s night. What would you go? Would you dress up for 80s night? You can text that response, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Now, we're going to hear from Coach Huff in just a few minutes. We've got some more of his thoughts on the upcoming match between Marshall and App State. We'll do that also. We'll talk a little bit about, and we're going to put it to bed. I think we're going to put it to bed today. Coach Huff talked about the reason why the play calling was the way it was. So we're going to hear from him on that reason. Why was the play calling the way it was? And the short answer is he's head coach. That's the short answer. We'll give you the long answer on that, let you hear for yourself why the game plan was the game plan as the game went forward. And we'll also hear what Coach thinks about App State from a defensive standpoint, talk a little bit about their running attack, 
some of the things that uh, need you know even more stressing. We'll do all of that with uh, within the hour. Get your comments as well. Text line 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Texter wrote in just a moment ago and said, Coach Dan the Man was good last night. Yeah, don't forget. Uh, we'll get the Dan D'Antoni show. Most nights uh, are going to be Mondays, but had to go to Tuesday last night because the game against Queens was on Monday. So Dan D'Antoni show yesterday. Texter says that Coach Dan the Man was good last night, and so you, you warned us about the Queens team. I'm not trying to brag. I don't want to brag about it, but, yeah, I thought that that was going to be a good game for Marshall going in. When, I'm, when I say a good game, not Marshall's going to roll this team over. It's good. Hey, this is going to be a challenging game because Marshall could have won that game. It was a back-and-forth battle. Queens, not a slouch. Sure, it's a Division II team, but it's an upper echelon Division II team. That upper echelon Division II team w- would beat a lot of low-level Division I teams. So never give me the argument, well, a D2 should never beat a D1. Well, guess what? A Division One AA team should never beat a Division One team. But yet here we are rooting for that all the time. You know, back in the day, especially when Marshall was at the Division One AA level, now FCS. So now Marshall's an FBS team, and FCS teams beat FBS teams all the time. So a Division Two in basketball doesn't necessarily mean it's a low-level basketball team. It's a Division II, sure, but I'm going to be honest with you. With basketball, you get the right seven, eight guys. I don't care what division you are. You get the right guys. You go out there, you can win. Honestly, it's not as if you've got all the best talent. It's basketball. You can only play five at a time. You can only play five guys at a time. And football, if you're Nick Saban, you got all the talent. And you can just talent your way through everything. And everybody else has got to try to find the best talent possible and put together a great game plan. And, yeah, there's going to be some gaps. There's going to be some gaps in football. Depth is a big issue. Basketball, it's the same depth size. If So you if you play it smart and you get players that can play – I mean, this is basketball. There's a lot of players out there that can play. We don't know about a lot of these players because we've not seen them. But there are a lot of guys out there that can play. And so when a newly, newly minted Division I team with a background at the Division II level of success beat Marshall in its opener as a Division I program in front of a a pretty packed cracker box of a gymnasium. It looked like it was a nice place. Seats 2,500. It looked like it was a really, for for that program, that was a nice, nice place. And if they are able to get the fans to come out and fill that thing up, It'll be a great atmosphere. It would mean, the students were into it. The fans were into it. it. It was great atmosphere. And Marshall lost by a point. And there were some things Marshall could have done better. Rebounding would have been you know, one of those things I would circle 
as Marshall can do better. You can point out a few other things. Marshall wasn't able to score a, a field goal. Yeah, it dried up around the three-minute mark. So, yeah, it doesn't make me happy to say, hey, look, this, this is a good team. This is a good team Marshall lost to. Now, most days I would hope that Marshall could beat a team like Queens. Nine times out of ten, I would hope that Marshall could beat a team like Queens. We're going to hear from Coach Huff, and we're going to hear from you. The text line, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. And we will hear from you when we continue on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone line this hour is 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. The text line, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Let's go to the phone line. Mark's checking in from Barbersville. Uh, thinks I'm sugarcoating the loss. Hit me with it, Mark. Why am I sugarcoating the loss? Oh, my gosh, Paul. I mean, you it's okay. I understand you're trying to, to help ease the pain. But this is a terrible loss. This is like saying West Virginia State is moving up to to play Division One, and they're going to go down and play Kentucky this week, and they beat Kentucky, and it's like, well, we got five good guys or six good guys, and it's okay, it can happen. It shouldn't happen. We got a black eye, we got a shiner, we got punched in the mouth. Uh, we have to admit it. We we should have never lost a game. We lost a game. We need to get up off the court, off the mat and start our season over again against Tennessee Tech and just try to stream together as many wins as we possibly can and, win. Uh, quite frankly, just win out. That's what we need to do. It's not going to happen. Marshall's not going to win out. Now, <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to be honest with you. Marshall's not going to win out. Marshall might hey, do Paul, well the Sun Belt. I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. I, I play to win the game. I don't, I don't play to compete in the game. Every game that we play, we should win. If we lose... We got beat by a better team, but every game we play, regardless whether it's football, basketball, or baseball, you play, as they say, you play to win the game. That's the only attitude you can play with. I agree with you. You play to win the game. And if you play with the, if you play with any other attitude, you're just there to play the game. You're not there to win the game. You're there to play the game. I'm there to win the game, not to play the game. That's the reason why you play the game. You play to win. That's the point, yeah. Now, it's fun to play the game. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely fun to play the game. But they're keeping score, so you might as well try to win. Uh, Well, that's what we're supposed to do. There's a a winner, and there's a loser, right? and there's a tie. It's okay to get beat if you got beat by a better team and you gave your all. But we we all know that Marshall can play better than they played against Queen. So they didn't give their all, and they got beat. So we got to give our all. So that hopefully the next time we play, we won't get beat. Yeah, Tavion had 23 points, and I thought that was a good performance, double double. I um, I scratched my head. I was wondering where where's Obina, where's Obina at? Four rebounds. That's six, one. That's one thing. We, yeah. we only we only played eight guys. I, we should be probably ten deep at least. Maybe maybe eleven or twelve. Why why are we not rotating, keeping some of these guys in? It's fresh and new and running them up and down the court and reward them for their practice and competing 
as opposed to say, you know, we're only going to play. I know Dan is the first game. I'm not going to get on Dan for one game. But to say that, you know, we're only going to play eight, you know, during the season, that's going to be a long season for us if that's the case. We'll find out. Tennessee Tech, we'll find out. It's, you know, if if Obina doesn't rebound, we got a problem. Well, Tennessee Tech got beat by, what, 20 or so at Tennessee. So um, that that's a little of – a little bit of a litmus test for us. We know we need to go out and play hard, but again, my 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 approach is you play to win every game, and and if if you don't come with that attitude, you, you you're playing with the wrong purpose. Okay, remember after the game, post game show. If Marshall loses, you got to call back because if I say, "Hey, Tennessee Tech was great," you got to say, "No, Paul, they weren't." Remember that, okay? Do me All that right, favor. Well, I can, I can tell. I can tell you right now, Tennessee State shouldn't beat us. <laughs> period. Yeah, but if if they do, if they do, if they win that game against Marshall, I, I'm I'm doing a little pre advertising for the post game show because it gets lonely in here when Marshall wins, and I don't like that. <laughs> I want Marshall to win. Right, but, yeah, but the post game is boring when Marshall wins, so I'm I'm trying to get some energy here. Call. There you go. Hey, hey, the same thing with same thing with football. We, we we've got to rock the Mountaineers. I mean, there's no excuse. Well, there's no excuse from the standpoint that it's a rivalry game. It's Now, I know yesterday I was talking about we put too much emphasis on this, but it's a rivalry game, and it's the game in which you, know, you declare that it's the memorial game. So, you know, the importance of the game should be by now, you know, known to everybody involved. Plus, it's App State, so, you know, you got to beat them. You just have to. That's absolutely. It's a rivalry game. You have to beat them. I mean, I, I throw I out all. I throw out all sanity when it comes to App State and uh, Georgia Southern. Former. All right, Stokong. my friend. Have a good evening. I appreciate it. Thanks for checking in. Text line three zero four three nine six talk three zero four three nine six eight two five five. Texter says regarding the Queens loss, I don't know if I'm hearing excuses or low expectations. Go herd. Okay, look. This is a team that, when you look at them, what they've done in their past, high-level Division II team, I'm not making excuses. I'm just illustrating the point. This is it. Look at their pedigree. Division II, 15 NCAA appearances. How many NCAA appearances has Marshall had? Not 15. NCAA record again, Division two, 21 and 14. How many division? How many NCAA wins does Marshall have in the tournament? Final four appearances in Division two, two. Went 34 last season. Made the round of 16 last year. How many times has Marshall in the NCAA tournament made the round of 16? This is a program that went out there and expected to win, and won. Marshall's got to get to that point. Marshall doesn't have that. I'm going to lift the term from Coach Huff, that championship DNA in basketball. At this moment, Marshall does not have that championship DNA. Marshall has not been a consistent contender You had the run with John Elmore, C.J. Burks, 
You had that run, but where has Marshall been a consistent participant in the NCAA tournament, a consistent winner, consistent challenger to the conference title? It hasn't happened on a consistent basis. So maybe the expectations are low. Maybe the expectations should be high, and you should be disappointed by this loss. But until Marshall can put it all together, got to work its way up. I mean, honestly, we've got a schedule that's designed to give Marshall its mojo back. You know, talking to Dan, the schedule was put together to let the herd get its mojo back, get those wins, so you can remember and feel what winning is about. Now, is that going to backfire? I don't know. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. The text line is 304-396-TALK. And the phone line is 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Coach Huff, we got his comments. You want to hear from him? Let's hear from him when we continue. We'll take your calls and texts as well. Don't don't think I'm moving this aside. You still want to talk about Queens? We'll do that. We'll do that when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 304-396-TALK is our text line with our phone line at 877-420-8255. Let's go back to the phones. Bill's checking in from Huntington. He is on ESPN 94.1 and AF 930. What's happening, Bill? Um, I only watched the game once through last night while I was distracted a little bit by a four-year-old grandson. A couple things. Uh, I thought that Coach Nantoni was a little bit unfair to Abina, blaming all the rebound problems on him. Um, since since D'Antoni's been here, uh, you'll notice that the philosophy has been the man-to-man defense is to uh, force the ball into shot blockers. And Marshall sells out blocking shots versus versus uh, basically blocking out for rebounds. And if you're going to, you know, there's good and bad in that. You're going to give up offensive boards with that. On the other hand, you're going to alter shots and create some turnovers. And uh, the one thing that Marshall hasn't done all that well is whenever whenever uh, the guard gets help from the shot blockers, the guards are not rotating back to help on the defensive boards well enough. So I don't think it's just strictly on Obina uh, about the rebounding problem, though Obina didn't have a good game, no. obviously. Yeah, three and eight, six points. Um, he took one three-pointer. I'm, I'm not going to hold yeah, that against yeah. him. Yeah, not, yeah. I'm yeah. not either. Yeah, and there, there, was another, there was another issue, too, that I thought was overlooked. Is it, And I think Coach D'Antoni would admit this, or uh, whoever's the defensive guru right now on the on the herd bench, is that there was a little bit of a coaching brain fart there. Uh to me, right there, I think Kerfman was on that good point guard from Queens. And everybody and their brother knew what was going to happen. And Kerfman's going to be is going to be a good sharpshooter, but he doesn't do a great job, or doesn't appear to be to keep his keep between him and the rim, the 
ball handler on the rim, whoever's doing it. And you have to, in that case right there, if you're going to play man-to-man, you have to have your best on-ball defensive player on their best player. And I think I think probably when they study the film on that, they're going to, you know, that's one of the learning curve things that they're going to end up uh, uh, addressing. So I'm not all down on anything. I thought Queens played well. Uh, the best two players on the court was that Queens point guard and Andrew Taylor. Kenny you Dye, know, the, uh, yeah, the one the kid had twenty yeah, points. Kenny Dye, Dye. Yeah, yeah, that was, kid's he good. Was, he was he was he was good. You know, he would be he would be the second guard on our team right now. Well, really, the first guard, uh, Andrew Taylor, would be the would be uh, on the number two position. But though, you know, you know, I was not. You know, I was upset with the loss. I will say this though, I was entertained during the game. It was back and forth. I was entertained. Which leads me to the football thing. Okay, here we go. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah, I think I here you go. Okay. All right. Uh, Coach Huff, in this particular game, did make the proper decision. The arithmetic's on him, his side. But uh, ODU's not playing with their first-string quarterback. Your defense is playing lights out maybe the second best game they've played all season. And that the defense is not going to play their second best game or first best game every game. As what was uh, the previous game when they gave up 21 points, you know, basically in the first quarter. And the way our offense is, is that if Marshall's behind by 10 points at, you know, late in the third quarter, there's virtually no hope of Marshall winning the game. Uh, if you take a look at the, if you take a look, I don't have it in front of me. If you take a look at the one of the indicators of who wins football games, the NCAA letter, um, uh, NCAA statistics. One of them is chunk plays. How many chunk plays does your team get? We don't get very many. That's the problem. Uh, not to mention, if you take a look at the, if you take a look at Coach Huff's home record against. FBS competition, I believe right now it's two and five. You know, this is not trending well. Plus, if you're scoring 12 points right here, and it's whatever it's going to be, how many times is that going to win a game, no matter how good your defense is? It'll win it one time, maybe, uh, maybe two. Yeah, one Yeah, one time, and the record shows that. You know, it's it's almost looks like the Snyder era, you know, in a sense. So, you know, it's not, to me, you know, plus the fact it doesn't put seats in the, it doesn't put, uh, you know, basically bucks in seats either. Uh, if you take a look on uh, Marshall Wand Big, it wasn't by playing close to the fence, uh, when by defense and special teams. It was when Marshall, you know, threatened the whole field, not by, you know, running poor LeBorn up with uh you know, 25 to 30 touches right there running into brick wall, occasionally breaking a, a big one right there finally. It's it's not a it's not a formula that wins consistently. Yeah, and LeBorn, for all the talent he has, is not Rasheen Ali where can just uh, bust up through that wall. He's, oh, that's right. Yeah. If, if that's, I agree with you 100%. Um, they, have different, they have different abilities. If, I'm, if I want 
if if I want a half a yard, the board's going to get me, you know, a yard and a half. If you know, Ali, he needs a little bit of a crease. Now, when he gets that crease, he might be he might be eighty yards down the field. But but you know, the board is the board's a horse, no doubt about it. I don't know when we're going to get him back, but he's definitely missed because the the whole dynamic of that offense changed. Even though you've got a, well, a quarterback with uh, you got a quarterback now that can you know he can take off, uh, we're just now starting to see him progress and do that. I don't know if it was too little, too late getting him in. I'm happy he's in though, because I'm looking towards next year now. I hate to say that I'm looking towards next year for this team because there's still games to be played and to win, but. I'm hoping that next year we see more benefit from him now because I just don't know. Um, I don't know if it's going to be smart to put Columbia back in for the rest of the season because I don't well, know. Well, it's what, not. Yeah. No matter how you go on the quarterback position, Columbia, it's not smart to put him in if you're going to build even well, if you're looking ahead to next year at all. Um, I don't think Fancher's ever going to be a consistent passer. And I'm looking at that from just looking about the, the way his feet is set and the way his arm angle is. That's the problem I have right there. Fancher's definitely an athlete. You know, he you know, he gives us a better chance to win this year than I believe in Columbia does, particularly since the offensive line does a lot better, basically not pass blocking. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, they, they should just treat him like he's a running back and just let him go. Just you know what, we're run blocking for him. Let's go. Well, you yeah. can't live off yeah. that. But it's you know you looked at how many carries he had and how many yards. And uh, we when we talked to players the other day, we joked about, hey, are you in a competition with uh, with Columbia? When we were, I'm not, I'm sorry, a Fancher when we were talking to Laybourne, and he laughed because it's true. Those yeah, guys, yeah, those guys are uh, you're one and two on the running game. Yeah, it's about what four yards difference in the rushing yards. The only difference is, is that, uh, uh, of course, Fancher's running in in sort of a broken field situation where where Columbus, where where uh, I'm sorry, LeBourne's running into the brick yard, a brick wall half the time, a brick yard it seems like also. <laughs> so it's you know obviously a quarterback scrambling or you know improvising whatever it's going to be is going to end up with uh, better yards per carry and and then. You know, Fancher's case, give him credit. That dude can scoot, you know, no doubt. He can but scoot. If he can anyway, get a, that's he, my – I was going to say, go if ahead. he can get a pass off or two, open his game up a little bit, he'd be dangerous. He'd be really dangerous out there. Well, that's that's one of the points I've made. The yeah. problem about The problem about this season right here, if I'm a – you know, we're not going to get Randy Moss all the time – but we will get a Troy Brown whenever you know if you know where to look. Uh, the problem is if uh, you get a Troy Brown, he's got a cho- uh, choice between here or let's say Western Kentucky. He's going to pick Western Kentucky because they throw the ball around and have historically. Marshall, well, for if you take what sixteen years, you know twelve out of sixteen years, this this passing offense has not been great. And, you know, we have skilled wide receivers whose talents are not being utilized because we can't throw the ball. You know, it's a sad but true. And if I'm, if I'm in the Sun Belt or the <laughs> CUSA, I'm sorry, that's a, 
four letter word, but if I'm in the CUSA and I run a you know uh, a Western Kentucky or a, a coastal or someone like that, I'm going to use that against Marshall in, recruit, in recruiting. Said, okay, when are these guys throwing the ball well? You know, Cato. That's been about it. Yep, and that was 2014. Cato Shuler. Yeah, Cato Shuler. Yep, yep, Cato Shuler. How many years has that been? Eight. Eight. Well, 14, 15, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not great. Anyway, Paul, thanks for hearing us out right there. Appreciate your show. It's time for me to be an old man. If they did late 60s, early 70s night there for volleyball, I think I'd have a wardrobe. You know, you could slide in there. Maybe you could be like a, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I'll bring that up. Like sixties or seventies night for for some of the uh, from the older fans, so they can they can just yeah. go in the closet and get some old old gear. But you need to change. You, you can't be nice and say older, say ancient fans. Okay, ancient fans. And we'll we'll talk to you, ancient fans. I like it. Okay, yeah, uh, okay. long time fans. I'll, I'll say that long time fans. You're trying to be nice, Paul. Ancient. Okay. There you go. You know, I've, I've been told I have to be nicer, so that's what I'm trying to do. I have to be nicer. So you don't want me to be nicer. You just want me to revert back to old ways. As my dad used to say sometimes, if you can't say anything nice, say it anyway. I like it. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Speaking of that four-letter word, Conference USA, Brett McMurphy uh, tweeted out earlier that Conference USA is signing a new five-year media rights deal with CBS Sports Network and ESPN. Sports Business Journal also reporting this. And the deal features all CUSA October games to be played on weekday nights. Weekday nights, all October games. Not some October games, all October games in Conference USA to be played on weekday nights. So you know how you have Maction in November? Well, I don't know what you're going to call it, but you're going to have CUSA Maction Light? I don't know. October. Every game on your schedule in October will be played on a weeknight. CUSA is truly in dire straits. Marshall wisely getting out of that league. We will hear from Coach Huff when we continue on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's our final segment of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're going to put the ODU game to bed with some comments from Coach Huff. We start out with Coach Huff addressing how the team needs to capitalize on red zone chances. And we've talked about it earlier in the show, why the team went for field goals instead of touchdowns. Yeah, um, just so everybody knows that some of the decisions that happened Saturday were were my decisions on the field of the game. So after we got up two scores, I felt 
really, really good about our defense. And I did not feel that they were going to be able to move the ball on our defense. Um, so I felt like if we just got points when we got in the red zone and we didn't turn it over, that we we're going to win the game. And ultimately, winning the game is the most important. Um, so there were, after we got nine, every time we got in the red zone, I told Clinton, run it. Let's just run it. We'll kick a field goal. Because I don't think, the only thing that happened is something negative. We throw a shot at the red zone. Actually, the one coming out of halftime, we threw a pass. The guy made a heck of a play. I'm not saying that that was the reason. But we threw a pass. We had some plays down there that we liked. We threw a pass. The guy made a heck of a play. I felt like the only way that our team was going to lose that game was if we swung momentum. Pick six. Fumble in the red zone. I felt as long as we kept getting points, we were going to win the game. Coach Huff elaborated a little bit more on how the game plan also generated confidence with his team. Now, next week I may have a different feel down there. But what it did was it built a lot of confidence in our offense because I went to the sideline and I told him, I said, hey, here's the game plan. When we get down here, we're going to take one shot at it. And if we don't get the shot, we're going to run it and kick a field goal. And they said, well, Coach, why are you doing that? I said, why? One, we got some players that are, are a little beat up. And we need to make sure that we get them – you know, consistently through the years, typical football. Um, our defense is playing really good right now. There's no need for us to put them in a bad spot. Um, and I'm the head coach. That's what I said to them. And they all laughed. And I said, yeah, I'm the head coach. So I'm going to make sure we win the game. And I felt like the way our defense was playing, if we could do a really good job, you probably saw we did a better job in the kicking game, you know, so we were able to flip the field a little bit more consistently. Um, I did not feel like they could drive the field on us. I felt like if something happened, it would be we turned the ball over and they were able to kind of run one back for a distance and kind of get them some momentum. I did not feel like with way we were going that they could, you know, move the ball on us. So I said, hey, we're going to take points in the red zone. Now, I wasn't saying, hey, don't run any plays or score touchdowns. But the lower you get in the red zone teams, the safeties get closer to the box. So obviously there you got to do some things passing wise or get to the edge. We had a lot of options on the play sheet. Um, to do that, but I felt like the best thing was, hey, run it. If LeBorn breaks a tackle and he gets in the end zone, great. If not, we're going to be in field position. We get a chance to put points on the board, and sooner or later, the clock's going to hit zero, and we're going to have more points than they do. Um, and that was the philosophy. Um, and, you know, about when we got to a two-score game, I felt like, okay, we, we're in really good control of this. Now let's make sure we do a good job of closing the game out. It actually helped us work on some – take the air out of the ball mentality, you know, because if we do get up moving forward in the season, we're going to have to be able to control the clock and keep our defense off the field when we can. That's Coach Huff talking about the decision with the game plan, and he did address the fans who wanted to see more touchdowns. I know everybody in the stands may have been like, well, why are we only kicking field goals? Because that's all we need right now. And when you play good defense, sometimes all you need is points. You don't necessarily need – you know, touchdowns. Yeah. Do I want touchdowns? Yes. Um, but where we are in our season with our team, we need to play really good team football um, because at the end of the day, they count wins and losses. It's not like in, I think in basketball, like in high school, you get point total, right? So if you beat a team by 30, you get a higher ranking than if you beat them by two. Well, I like that in football. At the end of the day, they count wins, losses, and they don't say, well, you scored X amount of points against this team, X amount of points against that team. Um, and I thought where we were as a team, that was the best thing to do last Saturday. Now, I'm not saying moving forward we'll be able to do that, um, but I felt really good about the decision last Saturday, if that makes sense. 
Coach Huff talking about the reason why the game plan turned into the game plan and field goals won the day. We've talked a little bit about Cam Fancher. So, final cut for today. Coach talked about the progress of Cam Fancher and the offensive line when he was speaking with us. He's he's feeling good about the offensive line. He highlighted some of the things that they've done a lot better. Um, obviously, Cam is, is doing some really good things right now. We're getting caught in some situations where because of the package we put together for him, he's creating a little bit more, um, what do you call it? Probably create a little bit more variance in what we can do without doing much more, if that kind of makes sense. Um, so he's been able to kind of grow. I think if you look at his progression, he's gotten more and more comfortable. Um, so I think as a whole, um, you know, offensively, we're getting better, and I think we're getting better at the right time because we're going to need to turn some of those field goals into touchdowns you know, this weekend, um, and that's going to be a key part. Uh, for the first time all year, our line didn't give up a sack. You know, So that, that's a positive. That's a growth. I mean, obviously, uh, what is this, week nine, week eight, you don't want to say, well, you know, it's the first time he didn't give up a sack. Well, that's the reality of it, um, and I'm just as proud as those guys. I think we threw it. I don't know how many times we threw it Saturday. Yeah, 25 times no sacks against their DN, number nine, who was a really good player, um, who had a lot of sacks and a lot of pressures. Um, for the O-line to have that kind of you know performance, I think that's really good moving forward. Um, again, I, if I knew or had a, a magic wand to tell you when this thing was going to progress or who was going to be out and who was going to have to step up, um, I, I wouldn't be football coaching. I'd be – they got the, like the one billion deal here in West Virginia, don't they? The lottery? I mean, the yeah, I, I would definitely wave the magic wand over that. Um, but it's just, it's just, I'm really, really proud of the progress. Now, am I, am I saying that the speed is where everybody wants it? No. Um, but we've got to continue to build on that. You know, the old line has shown us now that you can protect 25 times without giving up a sack. So we got to be able to replicate that and build off it. Cam has shown us now that he can do some things managing the game wise. You know, even things that you guys don't didn't even see. Just. As the game went on, it was probably six or seven minutes left, and Cam started to manage the clock when we were snapping the ball. Just little things that, as you know, players progress, you know, you, you don't really see in the stat sheet, but you start to see from growth. So I thought it was good. Has nothing to do with this weekend. I mean, meaning we're going to have to play really well this weekend. There's going to have to be some other things that we do well this weekend. But it's a great foundation to build off of um, in the last couple of weeks of doing some positive on offense. Coach Off will tomorrow preview App State. They got a pretty good running attack. They also have pretty good defense. 12 points all from field goals. Probably not going to get it done against App State. It's the memorial game. It's a rivalry game. A lot of things with this game. A lot of things that amp it up a little bit. And of course, I know there's a, there's pressure. There's a lot of pressure on these kids. You, you got to win this game. You got to win this game. You got to win this game. Yeah, me. Hey, it's App State. You got to win that game. No pressure, but you got to win that game. For a lot of other people, hey, it's the '75 game. You got to win that game. I remember Doc Holliday would say if they didn't win the game, they'd have to walk home. He was almost serious too. And that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow with you here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. 
Tomorrow, I think we're going to have... I'll, I'll tease it as this. There's a lot of things happening here with the Memorial game and a few other things happening at Marshall. Usually, I have Christian Spears check in once every few weeks. We're going to hear from, I believe, Deborah Bouton tomorrow from, from, his, uh, from his administration. And she's going to update us on some things that are happening, including what's going to be uh, some of the changes, maybe some of the tweaks, some of the different things we're going to see at basketball for the Memorial game. So it should be an interesting conversation tomorrow. Also, Billy Seals uh, is scheduled to be on the program, Huntington High football coach. That's tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in tonight. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.